good morning, and here we are on the cusp of a new day and uh, new opportunities to learn and grow together in God's Word. Um, We stay in Colossians chapter 1. We'll be picking up today in verses 9 through 14. Uh, I want to nuance what I say today as we begin by saying there is uh, so much content in Paul's writing here um, that uh, it's really hard uh, to cover uh, every single verse uh, in its entirety. Uh, And so the hope is going to be that we just pull some of the grand themes and touch on the the importance of some of the things that Paul says in these verses. Um, uh, It's beautiful in that it's such an expression of his pastoral heart for these people. It's such an expression of his Christian concern for them as they are uh, growing in the gospel, as the church there is taking root. And it's just a beautiful expression um, that if we were likewise to take uh, up this approach to caring for each other and encouraging one another, um, I imagine that the church would have no trouble growing in its witness in the world. Um, sometimes I think we're held up in our witness because we get in the way and um, people in the world don't see the church loving each other as it ought to. And what they see happening there doesn't seem to reflect the Jesus that they hear about. And so uh, I think this is a lesson for all of us in how to love and care for our fellow believers. Now, Paul's concern for the Colossian believers is a little different in that he he has a little greater stake in their um, uh, in the church's success there and their growth in that he helped uh, launch uh, this movement, and he's got a, a personal stake in them um, being healthy and staying on track. And so um, uh, it's a little uh, different in that uh, he is uh, one of the leaders of the movement there, and so he uh, comes at it with great fatherly and great pastoral concern. But um, we ought to care about our brothers and sisters in the church in the way that Paul expresses here. Um, let's pray as we get started today, and then we'll go right into the Word. Heavenly Father, we love you today. Uh, thank you for my friends who are listening. It's interesting to me that uh, there may be folks out there in the world, um, honestly, who knows where, tuning in and listening and studying together with me, and I'm grateful for each of them. And it is my prayer for them that you would draw them close to your heart, Father, that they would hunger after you, that your word would speak, uh, that your spirit would come and teach and instruct and uh, fill them with the knowledge of your goodness, Lord God, and uh, give them wisdom and insight for how to apply your word in their lives. Fathers, we study your word today. Uh, We pray that your spirit would come as teacher and that you would make our hearts and minds receptive to what you want to say and do in our lives. Through your word today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, here we are, Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 14. Let's read together. Paul writes, For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way 
bearing fruit and every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. That is a lot uh, to say. (laughs) That is a theological and spiritual mouthful. And there's so much rich content here. Um, As the passage begins, Paul reminds them that they have been praying for them. In fact, he says they have not stopped praying for them. That part of their consistent ministry to and for the Colossian believers was the ministry of prayer. They're building the work there on a foundation of prayer. And I am convinced that anything that we uh, hope for, anything that we seek uh, God's involvement in, if we want that thing to succeed in Him, uh, we ought to bathe it in prayer and build it on a foundation of prayer. And then Paul moves on by saying that we continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of His will. That is a, a gift that God gives those who seek Him. If you want to know God's will, you need to seek God because you can't know God's will apart from a relationship with him. If you're not drawing close to him, if you're not seeking him, if you're not hungry after him, uh, his will will likely elude you. Uh, But Paul says, we pray that God will fill you with the knowledge of his will, that you'll actually know what his will for your life is. And he says the channel for that will be the wisdom and understanding that the Holy Spirit gives. God's Holy Spirit is a great resource for us. Jesus mentioned many of the things that the Holy Spirit would come to do in his absence. And I think we often fail to see and uh, plug into this great and tremendous supernatural spiritual resource that God has made available to us. What Paul is saying is that you'll know God's will through the wisdom and understanding the Spirit gives you. And so uh, what a gift we have in the Holy Spirit. Uh, an underutilized resource. And I think often we don't know how to relate to the Spirit, how to tap into the Spirit. And I am convinced that the Word is often the channel. And uh, I believe, too, that we, in the same way that we pray Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that when we're praying to the Holy Spirit, we're engaging the Spirit to take an active role in our lives. I think prayer is key to that. Paul says the reason they're committed to these things is that the people uh, who, who are of the believing community in Colosh, uh, Colossians, uh, Colossian believers, um, may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience. Now, why would... Uh, a church in the first century of Christianity following Jesus' ministry need great patience and endurance because there were many people gunning for them. There was persecution happening, systematic persecution happening uh, by the Roman government. There were religious opponents who were gunning for them. There were uh, people out in the world, much like people today, who think Christians are crazy. You're believing in this thing and what has it done for you and what's the reason for your belief and why do you see 
uh, power there that's uh, that, that's important for the life that you seek to live. And so uh, the same opponents and same questions and same opposition uh, were coming at them, and quite honestly, in a much more intense way. Uh, the church has not experienced the kind of waves of persecution that the first century church was facing really, really uh, for quite a long time. There was another round of religious persecution that took place during the Reformation um, as the uh, believers were separating out from the Catholic Church. Uh, But uh, this kind of intense persecution that was systematic, we've not seen that in a long time. However, there are places in the world where there is systematic religious persecution, and we have brothers and sisters suffering day after day under the weight of that, continuing on in faithfulness, persevering in the Lord, to the glory of God. And we should think of those people and pray for them and find ways of helping them. Uh, We've got it so easy, even now in this culture, uh, to continue on in our faith. And so we should think of those who do not have it easy. Um, But look at the fruit, look at the benefit of a relationship with the Spirit, that you might please God. The only way we can do that is in the Spirit, that we might bear fruit in the things that we seek to do for the kingdom, And we might grow in the knowledge of God, that our understanding of Him and our relationship with Him would deepen, and that we would be strengthened with all power, Uh, all the power that's accessible to us through the Holy Spirit is there to strengthen and encourage and uplift us on the journey, to empower us to live and act and walk as God's people in the world. And then Paul says, uh, we give thanks for you um, to the Father who's qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. It is God who qualifies us (laughs) to belong to his kingdom. There's nothing we can do, no amount of effort that qualifies us. It is on the merits of Jesus and him alone. And it is being called into that kingdom out of the dominion of darkness, worldly darkness, into the kingdom of the Son He loves. There is no more beautiful gift than that, my friends. Uh, It moves me deeply to know that God has done that for me and that I am walking as a member of the kingdom of the Son He loves and that I have a share in His redemption and forgiveness only because of Jesus. What a great gift. My friends, be encouraged today through the Word. Uh, I warned you earlier, there's just too much here to get... Uh, fully covered in one setting, but hopefully it has whetted the appetite and uh, you see ways in which God might be speaking to your heart through these words and um, and maybe you'll have a hunger to dig in for yourself and study and journal through this passage and see what the Spirit might speak to life in your heart. God bless. Take care. Hope you join us tomorrow as we move on in Colossians chapter 1. Thanks for listening.